Hello, listeners. It's Jonathan Gillen for KCSU Sports. Yes, indeed. Who are the greatest goalies and defenders of all time? I think this is a topic not talked as much. We do give defenders and goalies credit, all right? But let's be honest. In sports, we talk about the flashy, sexy positions the most, right? In hockey, that's usually the the wings and the centers, right? In football, we talk about the quarterbacks, wide receivers, the running backs. They get a lot of love. They score the touchdowns. The forwards in the center, or the wings in the centers, they score the goals, right? And they just, they're that flashy, the sexy positions. However, these scores, whether it be in football or hockey, wouldn't be possible. So in football, they would not be able to score that touchdown without the blocking of the O-line. Edge rushers get a lot of love for taking down the quarterback. However, they wouldn't be able to do their job without their teammates holding down the middle of the line. For instance, Von Miller credits Derek Wolf, who is no longer with the Broncos, but during his time there, Von Miller credits Derek Wolf for many of his flashy, magical sacks that we would see because Derek Wolf was his, his wingman. And he was an unsung hero for those sacks that say an average person, like I didn't even realize how much a defensive line works, especially at the pro level. Playing at like high school and college is one thing. College, college is closer, right? But at the pro level, an entire defense, there's actually like a formula. There is, that's why pro coaching, that's why so many people bust coming out of college because pro level is a lot different. When they have schemes and plays, they, they really require a lot of thought and timing and precision, right? So Derek Wolf, he was able to help distract that edge and, and help Von Miller get those sacks and bend around the edge. If, if Von Miller didn't have a good person in the middle, it would have been a lot harder for him to get those sacks. But back with hockey, I feel like defenders and goalies are so essential, but they just don't get as much love, right? More defenders, but when a goalie is great, we just don't talk about him as much because he's been protecting the net, and that's his job, right? But it is really hard to defend the net. I just want to point that out. Next time a low-scoring hockey game is on, look at the final stats. Those goalies put in work and have so many saves. It's insane, and the amount of focus it takes to get those saves is is really astounding. I think I will definitely want to get, uh, hopefully, a club goalie on to interview and talk from uh, CSU Club Sports and see if they'll talk about how tough it is to be a goalie sometimes. It'd be cool to hear the, the actual player, because I never played goalie, right? So, but, uh, moreover, the defenders can really set the tone for the edge. And I think that's why defenders are so crucial to the game. Not only do defenders typically um, get a lot of assist, right? They'll set up, they're usually good setup men for the offense. But, like I said, they can really set that tone in the game. And they can, I think a defender can make and break an, a game. For example, if you're a longtime Avalanche fan, you might remember Adam Foote. 
Well, he almost seemed like he wanted to make it his game goal to never let the opponent team, the opposing team, get more hits. You know, there's a stat amount of hits you get, right? So it seemed like almost if they would get ahead on on hits, he would just turn real nasty and really set the edge. And that's a thing defenders want to do. They want to be an enforcer squad. They need to be able to swing momentums in the game, and they can do that. So defenders can really make or break a team. They can set a tough tone, and they can get a team back into the game or help keep the lead by bringing that toughness, right? So essentially, there are no Stanley Cup winners that doesn't have some sort of tone setter on defense. Let's, let's just look at the last couple examples. Just for context, this is 2020. The last Stanley Cup winner was in 2019, and that was the St. Louis Blues, right? And they had Alex Petro. Um, that's his nickname, his full last name. I will probably butcher, and I don't want to butcher someone's name. But I always call him Petro, because that's all you hear. No, not many people say his last name, so I am sticking with his nickname, Petro. But he's a two-time All-Star. He is considered their, he's their highest played defender. They, uh, my point is, is they don't have, def they don't, you don't win without a, at least a good, def really good tone setting defender. The year before, let's look at the Capitals. John Carlson. He had been in the league for a really long time. He was an all-rookie. He was an all-star. He's their highest paid defender too. Watch, watch what these defenders do. A really good defender, when a team will get down, will start crashing the boards. Will start setting the edge, setting the tone of the game, and hopefully try to get them back in the game. Because if you're down by score, you know, that's that's one thing. You got time, right? But if you're really punishing the other team physically, that can get whack and wear on them too. And that's where a lot of hockey comebacks happen, is when you start wearing down the other team physically, even when you're behind. So, my point is, these positions, they are essential. A lot of us fans know they are, but they don't get as talked about, I feel like, as much. We talk about Wayne Gretzky, right? So I'm going to talk about some goalies and some defenders, right? And I'm going to list my top three goalies and defenders of all time. I'm going to start with goalies. And number three, Jaquez Cante. And I hope I said that right. So, Plante was an extraordinary goalie. He changed the face of the game. And I'm saying that as a pun, because he was literally the first goalie that put on a mask to protect his face. And he was actually pretty, they were criticized him for it. But his num numbers were extremely dominant and he helped pioneer the position. And this was early hockey, right? And he, he was one of the first goalies who had come out for his defenders out of his box. He finished with an 89% career save percentage. He's a Hall of Famer, and he won five Stanley Cups. And I know, if you're a longtime Avalanche fan like me, this pains me to talk about because we're talking about a Detroit Red Wing player. Ugh. It hurts my hurts my soul to talk about this, but 
Hasek had freakish flexibility. That borderline superhuman. He would make wild saves that probably most likely no other goalie in the world could make because of his flexibility. He has 389 total career wins, six Fazina trophies, two heart trophies with a 92% save percentage, a two-time champion. It, it's really hard not to put Hasek at first place because of how, how dominant he was. But our number one player was dominant. He won a lot of hardware, including a multitude of Stanley Cups. And he was considered one of the most clutch goalies of all time. So, the number one goalie of all time is the top dog because of his hardware, his consistency, and his clutchness. And drumroll, that player is Patrick Waugh. He is a four-time All-Star. He won with a great team, and he won by carrying a team. He has the most playoff wins, three Vezina trophies, five William Jennings trophies, three MVPs, several records. He was so clutch, so clutch that he set a record with the Canadians with 10 sudden death overtime games. He was so influential that many players from his hometown province aspired to be goalies and many from the league claimed that Patrick helped bring better goaltending to the hockey league. And not only was he a Canadian, but he won some Stanley Cups with the local Colorado Avalanche. Yes, the Colorado Avalanche goalie Patrick Wall was the greatest goalie of all time. I think that's really cool to say. And I think that's being objective and impartial. He he literally was just so dominant. And you know, Plante and Hasek, there's some other guys too that didn't make the list, but they these all three of these goalies were just amazing. But Patrick just gets the edge because of just the amount. There's just it's 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 just the amount of stuff he did and brought to the game is just you you can't compare. All right, so next, my top defenders of all time. This is this is a tough list because it's, you know, it, it's just really hard because there's so many great defenders out there. So here we go. Here we go. Number three, and I did it again, another Red Wing, but Nicholas Lidstrom is my number three defender of all time. He was a very very smart defender. He played 20 total seasons, all with the Red Wings. He won the Stanley Cup four times. He set a multitude of records and is a seven-time winner of the Norris Trophy. And he has countless other awards. There is even an argument for him to be the greatest defender of all time. And he also played in the playoffs every year of his career. That's really impressive. It is. Number two, Doug Harvey. And Doug Harvey, he's just, I, I gave him the edge over Nicholas Lidstrom because Doug Harvey is considered the best setup man and was a killer defender. He could steal the puck and hold on to it as one of the best puck handlers, puck stealers in the game ever. He was elite 
He won the Stanley Cup six times, and he won the James Norris Trophy seven times. He has other accolades and accomplishments that are a multitude of them as well. All right, drum roll. The greatest defender of all time is Bobby Orr. He has a plethora of awards, including two MVPs. And, and I just I just want to point out that I feel like for a goalie or a defender to get an MVP award, aka Patrick Wall and Bobby Orr, both won MVPs, multiple MVPs, it is really impressive. It's like a defensive player in the NFL winning uh, the MVP award. It's just, it, it's usually like a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver. That's, that's kind of what it is every time. But anyway, Bobby won three Hart Memorial trophies, eight James Norris trophies, and he's a two-time Stanley Cup winner. He had a 12-year NHL career, and that is why some people ding him and, and don't make him number one. But I would argue that his 12-year career was so revolutionary, so dominant, he changed the game. He combined speed, strength, skill. He was a technician on both ends of the ice. He had this, this skill for getting away far slap shots and just blasted them. He was insane. He scored 270 regular season goals and had 645 assists. This is a defender we're talking about. He also added 26 goals and 66 assists during his postseason time, uh, during his time for the Boston Brewers. Orr was also known as a penalty killer, and he set a standard for what it means to be a defender on the opposing side of a power play. And he was also a precise, excellent passer. And he retired. He retired at 30. And I think he is the best player when he retired. And I can't even imagine if he played longer than 30 years old, how good he might be. That, I mean, if he kept playing, there, I don't think there would be any argument at all of who the best player of all time is. It's kind of sad when someone retires early. It makes me think of Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders, I think, is... Not, oh, that's a, that's a podcast for another time. But I think there's categories of running backs. And Barry Sanders was in his own category. And he was just unbelievable. But it's so sad. But when you get to see some of these, these players retire early. And unfortunately, Bobby had a multitude of injuries. And he just physically couldn't take it, I'm guessing, because he had a ton of injuries. But, you know, here he is, still being talked about, still the, I think, the greatest defender of all time, and it's going to be interesting. I love talking about these great players. I talked about Wayne Gretzky a couple podcasts ago, and who could have the opportunity to dethrone him. And there's still opportunities for someone to dethrone 
Bobby Orr. And it's going to be exciting because when we get to watch one of those sensational players, we're going to be just in awe. We're like, yep, this guy is going to be in the conversation or this person is going to be in the conversation. It's going to be great. All right. So that is going to do it for this podcast. I appreciate all the listeners for listening in. Without our listeners, where would we be? For KCSU Sports, I'm Jonathan Gillum, and I'll catch you next time.